welcome to the Authentic Feminine Ecstasy podcast, a place where we explore our innate intimate freedom. And today I like to be exploring with you the fear of loneliness. And I'm going to be discriminating this fear innate in all of us from aloneness. So let me describe first these two words, because words at the end of the day, they're just trying to communicate an experience. And we need to be able to explore that experience and the words have to serve us. So what I mean by loneliness is the absence of other, the loss, the feeling of like we no longer attach to the other to the others, and we enter a state of missing, of loss, and ultimately grief and separation. And the other word that I like to bring as a contrast to this loneliness is aloneness, which in itself, in the root of this word, that is all oneness. And I define that as the presence to yourself. You know, that place in which you are alone and somehow you feel an attention, a presence, a connection with yourself in the moment and there is a fulfillment, a sense of fullness. There is nothing missing. And we all have had this experience. But what happens is that we're not always able to stay in this aloneness and we easily transport ourselves back to this loneliness. So let's explore a little bit the nature of human beings. And as we all know, we are very much tribe connected. Throughout history, we've needed each other for our survival to ensure that we had our needs met at all sorts of levels. So that makes us very social beings. And alongside this tribal consciousness that we carry, where all our information and inheritance of being human on the earth, there is this impulse towards independence, to going it solo, to, to explore away from the tribe, to rebel against the tribe, and seeking and forging our own path. So there is this on the one hand, there is this dependency on the tribe for our survival, on the group, on the family. And on the other hand, we have this zest for independence. And we see that at a very early age in our development. When we are babies, we are super vulnerable and we depend utterly on another for our survival. If we didn't get our nappy change and our milk given, then in no time we'll be out of our body and out of this existence. So this is our early beginnings in this body, this vulnerability that needs to be held by others. Now that creates a very profound imprint in us and that's where we're going to get our information around being vulnerable. Is it safe? Is it not safe? 
And then later on in life, when we become pubescents, we have this reaction and to our environment and we want to break free. And we know that in the teenage years, the hormones are kicking off, everything is happening, and we want to bond away from the initial original tribe. And we make a quest for our own views, our own thoughts, our independence. So we can see that in our human psyche, there is these two drives, which I took earlier on in terms of need for security and need for freedom. So here we see the roots of that is coming from this early development that holds us opposites, impulses in us. So let's say that as human beings, if everything goes well, we are interdependent. We are able to depend on others and we are also able to be independent from others. And this is what ideally would need to happen in adulthood. But as we know, our earlier days on our families, our social groups, wherever we are, we tend to feel ill-equipped for this clarity on our dependency and our independence. And therefore, it is not a, such a simple task to be able to unite these two polar opposites. So on the one hand, we are able to branch out and be our own unique person while feeling able to be vulnerable and depend on others. And we can see in our relationships that sometimes we go towards radical independence and we don't want anyone to tell us what to do, what to say, what to be. And some other times we completely collapse and we ask for every need met. And of course, some of us are hanging on either extreme. Some of us swap, some of us just stay on one pole, which is radical independence or utter vulnerability. So here we go again. Our beginnings determine the quality of our capacity to be interdependent. So what happens if one is born in a situation in which it's not safe or it's not easy to attach to another in a way that is satisfactory and healthy? And we are forced to a premature independence in which we have to develop skills and abilities beyond the stage of development we are in. And so all of that is going to impact in our lives. And when we are in situations in which we need to receive and to make ourselves available or our ability to recognize our needs and to be able to express them is going to be a real challenge because we don't have that structures, we don't have that role models inside us. Equally, if we grew up in a situation in which independence was frowned upon and fear of the outside, the limit was installed in our psyche, we are always going to 
be hesitant to step out of the boundary, to step out of safety. So what does that mean? That we end up staying or being with people out of fear of independence, of being able to have experiences in life by ourselves and be integral in our own connection with life itself, with the divine pulse that we talked in earlier episodes. Or we are going to be more in a place in which we are unable to receive and to hear our needs and to let ourselves be seen in our vulnerability. And we're going to be staying with other in a way in which we become impenetrable. And as soon as vulnerability is surfacing, we need to retreat, we need to retrieve, remove ourselves because it's too painful. And we talked a little bit about that on my last episode about removing the mask and receiving life. So here we are exploring a little bit deeper of what is this need to defend and to protect. And it is clear for all of us that those two extremes do not allow us to be able to fulfill the longing that we all have of being in relationship, being with another in a way in which we feel both dependent and independent. It's almost like water and oil, you know. And we can see in our relationships around us how people you either fuse or merge with one another and they are like a little blob and then the development of these two people is almost arrested and they become like what I call babes in the woods, you know. They're just holding hands and the world is the enemy and we protect ourselves from the world. Or we see other people in which they're so independent that there is very little connection between them. Everybody does what they want. So how do we reconcile again this, this bridging, these two extremes that they were not established inside us as we first arrive in our social environment, in our families? So here we are. This for me is the root of our absolute fear of loneliness, which each one of us carries it in our own unique way, according to the history we carry around that, around dependency or independence. And I like to come back to my early years in India, because as I said in my intro, when I began this podcast, I talked a little bit about my history and my story that led me to want to build bridges, to unite extremes, because it's in that bridge that something new appears that is different than its two opposing poles. And what I discovered in my early years when I left to India is, well, first of all, I was so young that at that age, you know, and in those days, there wasn't so much alienation because we didn't have all the screen addictions and all the ways in which we have now to escape from ourselves. 
um, I feel there has been a tremendous increase on information and that weighs on us in many numerous ways. But this is not something I like to continue uh, opening here. I just like to go back to this memory of being in India and the absolute chaos. And for those of you who've traveled to the East would know very well what I'm talking about. This kind of life fullness and a river of everything, including dirt and all sorts of movements that takes you away from the order and the precision of the Western world. And somehow in that field of everything is all there visible happening at the same time, there is a sense of togetherness. There is a loss of that individualistic culture. There is an absence of that sense of separateness and loneliness and aloneness all mixed together that we have in Western culture. Somehow we are transported into the collective. And I believe that apart from seekers that go to India to find spirituality or whatever else one might be going there to seek, one of the things that is most different for us Westerners is to plunge into that collective soup and you can be sitting in a bus with chickens and everything else and you can be in in any situation and somehow life is just pouring around you and therefore within you. So in those days, and I'm sure now for the modern up-to-date traveler that is a lot of westernized India, but you can still find the absolute poverty and chaos and a mishmash of everything that is human and that is true and that is real. So this is not to praise the East over the West or anything like that, which actually, interestingly enough, um, I would say that our Western cultures are more leaning towards independence and uh, Eastern cultures are still on the mentality of dependency on one another, on tribe, on being together, on extended families. And the point is not one or the other. There is no better and worse because as we all know, we are continuously evolving. We are a work in progress. We are evolution itself. We're not a finished product. And the only way to continue this evolution for consciousness is through these trajectories of extremes that we take and we are learning through war, through peace, through everything that we do, humans, destruction, creation. So here we are. So going back to the point of independence versus dependency and the possibility of interdependence is the ability to come through our fear of loneliness and 
be able to sustain these empty spaces and not fill them with all the gadgets and everything that our culture is bombarding us with, almost as if to be alone and to be in emptiness and to be just fulfilled for no reason seems to be a taboo. It's almost like the wisdom that is there in us when we stop the seeking, it's not welcome, it's not encouraged. And my belief around that is because you can only control and lead the masses if they are not in their power. And our power comes from this ability of being truly vulnerable, receptive to life, and then boom, the source comes through you and you know exactly how to proceed, what is true, the wisdom, the universal perennial wisdom comes through you. You're no longer a sheep or a rebellious lion. <laughs> so how are we going to begin to loosen this fear of loneliness that is inherent in our memory and embrace the power of aloneness or oneness and I like to suggest that there is many things that we can do and beginning with our body to begin to open our body because in our still tense inert body the energy and all this ancestral memory of fear is trapped and lodged in our muscles, in our nervous system. So number one will be to find an expression for your body, a movement, it being yoga, dance, whatever it is that allows you to find this flow again. And you all know that when we are kind of low and depressed and disconnected, we tend to become inert. We tend to switch on our screens and disappear into oblivion. So number one is the body. The other one is opening to our defended heart, our shells of protection that we have put there. And of course, life tries to break those shells and we say, oh, she, he, it broke my heart. But it's not the heart. The heart can't break. What breaks are the shells. And then we connect with the pain and the vulnerability that we carry within. And how are we going to risk reopening our hearts? There are many ways. I mean, obviously, that is the psychotherapeutic world of being able to begin to express and open unfelt feelings and look at our inheritance, our emotional background, our baggage, the scripts that we've learned and the so many ways that we have acquired to defend ourselves from others, from our pain, from our vulnerability. Some are more creative ways and some are more destructive ways in which we've learned to defend ourselves. And sometimes we get even recognized and we build great identities that people really liked us for these ways in which we express. But the reality is that any strategy, any defense keeps us on isolation from who we really are. And 
we're just presenting something that may work for the world to see, but inside it does not support us to feel connected. So basically, this other way of beginning to open our heart will require reparenting, whether it is through the help of others or with practices which are to do with self-parenting. And in my courses that I do, um, long-term courses that last a year and a half, one of the things we explore in the mother archetype, which is the earth reuniting with the bond, with the ground, with the gravitas, with the belonging, is to learn to self-parent these soft spots, these vulnerabilities that make us absolutely fearful of really entering relationships. And the third way I like to bring here to open to this fear of loneliness is to be able to tolerate the empty spaces, to not reach out for the most handy distraction or drugs that we have been provided and to go within, meaning feeling the sensations in the body, reconnecting with the discomfort and this ache that you might be feeling through the body, entering the body sensations. I've had so many people that have said to me, I was depressed, I was really bad state, meaning the mind is completely lost control on one of the scripts and it's paralyzing us. And they have turned their attention inwards into their body. And all of a sudden they felt connected. They felt alive. They felt all the waves on mental and emotional disturbance were subsiding. And something new, something simple was beginning to be experienced, which is aliveness the aliveness that is there in the body and is very much connected to the now, to the experience that is not based on history that resides in our mind and all the judgments and memories that we torture ourselves with. So these are the very simple three ways in which I like to propose to us all to begin to loosen the grip on the fear of loneliness, the emptiness, the loss of other, and finding ourselves stepping into aloneness, which is the present to ourselves. And in there, there is the life, the connection, the interdependence that we're looking for. Because the reality is, doesn't matter how tortured our mind is and our emotions, we still are these absolute glorious beings in the mystery of life, floating with a spaceship without seat belts into the cosmos, into the unknown. And that is awesome. So whether we feel it or not, we are created and creators. And to become conscious of it is a game changer. So, beloved listeners, thank you for being with me in these episodes. And I look forward to my next 
in which I'm going to be interviewing Natasha Volkosh that just come from Russia, and we're going to be looking at aggression, violence, and power. So keep your ears peeled, and I'll be with you next week. Mm-hmm.